Hey PaleoGo family, and welcome to another episode of the PaleoGo Show. I'm your host, Dylan Fladhammer, CEO and founder of PaleoGo Bars. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, another practical uh, tool or tactic um, that you should be using all the time and, and have in your tool belt or in your arsenal uh, for, you know, for just life. And this amazing, super free uh, tactic that I use all the time is called napping. Now, many of you, I'm sure, uh, don't nap. I probably haven't napped in a long time and think all of us who are nappers are weird. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to kind of throw a wrench in that and say uh, you probably just don't know how to nap correctly uh, or uh, you've never been opened up to the fact that um, you can use naps very tactically and and the length of nap will really determine uh, different things, for one being how groggy and foggy you are after your nap. So I'm going to really break it down because uh, there's actually a lot of science to it uh, for napping, and there's a lot of ways you can hack it uh, and different ways you can you can have a nap that'll produce uh, different results, different kind of, um, you know, circumstances uh, come out of uh, certain lengths of naps. So I nap quite often uh, because it's such an amazing tool for energy, for recovery, for rest. Um, and I typically err on the side of shorter naps. Uh, so it's actually not a long time to kind of dedicate. And when I talk about shorter, the shortest I'll nap typically is 15 minutes. Um, and the longest of my short naps is 22 minutes. I know, very specific, um, but there's a reason for that. Uh, sometimes when I'm not getting a like a good dedicated sleep at night, meaning I'm doing kind of more of a what I would consider sprinting uh, for work, um, and I'm only sleeping four and a half hours at nighttime, that's typically when I'll do say, an hour to an hour and a half nap. Typically, I'm not actually setting an alarm, or I am. I'm setting my 22-minute alarm, and then usually I'm turning it off and falling back asleep. Uh, or I will set, like, a 90-minute alarm, hour and a half, uh, do that, and then, you know, wake up. But again, typically, that's only when I'm not getting a ton of sleep at night because I'm I'm usually working late. Uh, and I don't want to sleep in that long. So then I'll, in midday when I'm really tired, I'll kind of crash for an hour and a half um, and kind of get that rest. Typically that one, again, I don't set an alarm. I usually, that's about how long I, I sleep. So why napping is super beneficial is because uh, studies have shown that even the short naps actually have a much more concentrated kind of recovery and, and rest than even the same amount of time of sleeping by like, I'm going to make up a number, but something like fourfold. I don't exactly remember what it is, but it's, it's a, it's a compounded effect. It does, you know, you get to those, those kind of, uh, sleep states a lot faster and you get a lot more of the recovery than you would say with your sleep where you're kind of doing these 90 minute sleep cycles. 
So again, I kind of consider a nap, uh, for me, the shortest 15, some people can even do like a five and 10, um, uh, at the short end up to about an hour and a half. I, I joke with my partner that anything over than that, over that is actually just asleep. <laughs> it's no longer a nap. You're just sleeping, which, which is okay. It, that could, that could work for you too. Uh, but we're just going to talk about naps here. So let's start on uh, let's start on the long end actually because I think the big misconception I want to tackle is when we get to the short end. So I'm gonna we're gonna face the problem I think most people uh, feel and have experienced and have had bad experiences with, which is why they don't nap, is having a nap and then waking up feeling groggy, feeling like shit, feeling like you got hit by a train or a ton of bricks. That actually is very common in the longer naps. So with the hour and a half naps, even the hour naps, typically they say, and this is what I've experienced, is that those kind of naps, you generally have that kind of um, twilighty, brain foggy, um, you know, still waking up kind of feeling headspace for approximately the same period you napped. So if you have an hour nap, expect kind of like an hour of that twilighty, not quite awake yet. If you had an hour and a half nap, same deal. Expect, you know, an hour and a half, give or take, in that kind of twilighty phase. Now, this is exactly why a lot of people don't nap is because they've had, you know, a 45, an hour, an hour and a half nap, and then they have to deal with kind of that extended period of time of, you know, really not being awake yet and not being able to do stuff so they can't jump back in into things. And I think this is why a lot of people don't nap because they've probably had bad experiences. I bet a lot of you listening, you're in that bucket. So a couple things to understand. One, it's funny how we judge a nap and that same kind of like twilightness, even though it's the same thing that happens in the morning typically for a lot of you is that you wake up in the morning and it takes a little while for you to kind of, you know, get your brain on straight. Typically, you know, there's so many memes and jokes that like, you know, don't talk to me until I've had my first cup of coffee. So we don't judge the morning, especially because it's like, it's quieter, not as much as going on. But when we have like a midday nap, we we really judge that that time afterward because it's like, we have this expectation that we should just be able to jump out and get out, get after it again. Um, and maybe we've got this false expectation because we, we've seen other people do it, quote unquote, which I'll explain when we talk about shorter naps. Or we just have this false, you know, uh, expectation of, of what should actually take place without actually knowing, you know, the reality or the science. And so um, typically, again, because you're getting, uh, especially in the longer naps, you're getting into those deep set of the sleep cycle and it's compounded, you're going to have some of that weariness when you wake up. And so what I have just accepted and what you have to accept if you want to have one of these longer naps is just plan to have an equal amount of time in kind of that twilighty zone to then wake up. So if you sleep for an hour to an hour and a half, expect to have an hour to an hour and a half of twilight. You need to tack that on. 
The reason, though, you would have uh, one of these longer naps is because of all of that restfulness will then carry you through for the rest of the day. So again, I typically use them uh, when I'm going through cycles where I'm only getting four and a half hours uh, at night. I'll typically hit like a really hard wall in the middle of the day, and then I'll go and have a nap, and I'll sleep for an hour and a half, and then typically uh, when I wake up, that's when I'll go just like cook a meal because it's like I'm really good at cooking. It doesn't take a lot of brain power. I always cook essentially the same things so I don't have to really think about it. So I kind of occupy that space with a task I don't really have to put a lot of attention to and then I'll sit down and eat. Uh, and by the time I cook plus eat, it, I've usually given myself enough time to kind of wake up or hit hit that really wake spot. And then what that then gives me is then I can go put in essentially another full eight-hour workday uh, after that. So I'll eat and then I'll get back to work and then I'll work and then I'll usually work until late again. And then I can kind of run that cycle for a little while where I'm getting my four and a half hours of sleep at night. I'm getting my hour and a half nap midday with like an hour of you know, super non-brain power, you know, tasks, including cooking and eating food. Super easy for me. So I'll do that. Uh, and again, what you're trading is, is it is, you have to consider it double, basically. So you have to double the nap time, consider it that full block of time. So often I do consider it, you know, a three-hour block. But again, that three-hour block gives me the energy to then put in another eight-hour workday, essentially. So I've already put in an eight-hour. I'll have a nap in the middle of the day, uh, an hour and a half nap, and then I'll put in another eight-hour. So huge, huge benefits to doing this. Again, there's actually a lot of studies out there showing that the human animal, us, uh, this hole where we get just one solid chunk of uninterrupted sleep at night is actually false. Uh, and I think it's why a lot of people, and again, you might find yourself in this camp, struggle with sleeping, you know, throughout the whole night. It's actually not supernatural. Um, if you look at um, even populations today who still live in more hunter-gatherer, typically uh, their nighttime is, is broken up into two sections as they'll have a a main amount of sleep, then they'll wake up uh, and then they'll have community or sex or like, you know, different things at night, not turning the TV on because that's the worst thing you can do, but we live in a modern world. Uh, then they'll go back to sleep for another section and then typically a midday nap is, is super common. You know, it's so common, in fact, not in Western culture, but it's so common is like you can look at other major cultural populations like... South America, Central America, and, and the midday nap is is a super, like, ingrained part of their culture. Uh, and you have to wonder why, and it's because it's just natural. And, and these people have had those traditions, and they typically carry those traditions. The siesta, you know, most people have heard of that. It's a real thing because it's part of, it's part of the human animal. And so I think naps are good. Now, I hear a lot of you saying... You know, you don't have three hours to commit in the middle of the day, and so you can't deal with that hour and a half fogginess, and, and you've tried it before, and then you felt awful, and then it felt like the rest of your day was wrecked. 
So I'm gonna give you the hack, what I typically practice the most, and what most of you probably have never heard of, which is why you're not doing it, is the power of the short nap. Now the short nap, why it's super powerful is you're not actually sleeping enough that you're hitting any kind of deep restful state, meaning you're not coming out of it with any sort of grogginess. In There's a little bit, a caveat. There's a little bit, but nothing the same. Nothing at all. So like, for example, just had a 22-minute nap earlier, and I had maybe mm, 10 minutes. 10 minutes of, I'm mostly there, but it's not like I could you know, jump to work. Uh, so I went and had a bar and drank some coffee for 10 minutes. And then I felt amazing. And then I got to work. And so if you look at, okay, 22 minute nap plus 10 minutes is only half an hour. That's some real time that, you know, is fully possible to carve out in the middle of the day, especially if you're tired. So this is the thing, guys. You might say you don't have half an hour in a day, Yet, you're going to be tired for three hours and not even do great work, whereas maybe if you can have a 20-minute nap, get some rest, come back feeling recharged, and then you can actually make up for it because your productivity in that two and a half hours instead of three is actually going to be you know, 80 90% as opposed to 60%, and so you're going to get a lot more done. This is why naps are powerful, is we all know that if we're tired and we just don't have the cognitive ability, we're not putting out the same level of work uh, that we could if we were rested. Uh, And so short naps are amazing. They're a beautiful hack. Uh, Typically, uh, I shoot for a 15 or 22 minute. 22 minute is the top. Uh, I've read some studies I think I got 22 minutes from, uh, it's what NASA does. It's because it's, it's, they found it to be the, the sweet spot of like right most amount of rest right before you kind of start entering those deeper sleep cycles. So it's the most amount of rest and recovery in a condensed form before you get too far. Uh, and so that's what I follow, and I've been doing it a lot, and it's and it's great, honestly. Uh, like, I get so much energy, I feel so much awake, awake, uh, feel rested. Especially when you get in the habit of it, um, and if you're like me and you train yourself, because I didn't start this way, I trained myself to fall asleep quickly. It's super easy. Like, I lay down, thirty seconds a minute, I'm out. I wake up, the alarm's going off. My trouble is I just have to make sure I actually, like, stand up. I have to have my alarm away from me. So I stand up, turn off my alarm, and then, like, go walk out into, you know, not the bedroom or wherever I'm napping. Go into the the main room, you know, go start a coffee or drink some water. I just need to get up because I want to delight in that sleep and I want to go back and get more sleep Um, in that state. You know, consciously I don't because I set the alarm. I want to get back to my day. But in that sleepy state for a little bit, it's like it wants to delight in it, my subconscious, before my conscious mind is too uh, fully awake. So with the short naps, the 15 to the 22, uh, I typically do 15, 20, or 22. Those are kind of my 
ranges depending on how much time I have. Typically, I do 22 because oftentimes seven minutes isn't a big deal. And again, I find for the 15 or the 22, this one's not really a double doubling of the twilight. It's like five to 10 minutes, especially if you get up and kind of walk around, get the movie the the body moving, uh, drink some water. Um, it's a good time to maybe introduce another, you know, have another coffee if you're a coffee drinker or tea or whatever, uh, because it's kind of like repeating the morning. It's like you get a new morning again, right? You feel rested. You're having another, you know, getting some caffeine, and then you're good to go. Uh, the shorter ones are super beneficial too. Even a, a, as little as five uh, or ten. Those are good. So again, if, you've, if you're like me and you've trained yourself, um, I can actually fall asleep and then wake up. And, you know, it feels like a blink of an eye. It feels like you close your eyes and you're up again. Um, but scientifically shown, that amount of rest will recharge you a little bit. It will clear out some of those tiredness. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve the myth here once and for all, for all of you guys listening, Again, numerous studies have shown that even if you don't fall asleep, I need you to hear this, even if you don't fall asleep, just lying still with your eyes closed will have positive benefits. So for all of you who are like, it takes me so long to fall asleep, I can't do it, blah, 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 blah. Again, if you're tired, this is still a great tactic. Even just lying down or sitting in your chair and closing your eyes for five minutes will have positive benefits because a lot of our tiredness is actually linked to eye strain. You know, in the world we live in, especially if you're working at an office, you're under fluorescent lights all day, you're staring at a computer screen. If not, you're staring at your phone. You probably, you know, aren't making it outside that often. And so literally just sitting there for five minutes with your eyes closed, it's going to have positive benefits. Now, if you're someone and your mind's too racing, uh, that's a good time to maybe put some headphones in and, and listen to a five-minute guided meditation or some nature sounds, something that you can focus on instead of just your thoughts, something to give you some some attention. You know, this is, all meditation is, is it's not quieting your mind so it's silent. It is, it is a constant um, kind of controlling your mind or focusing attention, more like a muscle. Like think of it as like to get good at meditation, you're just constantly doing push-ups with your mind essentially. And the more reps you put in, the better you get. So for those who've never experienced a meditation, and, and I'm not even suggesting in this podcast, although I t- on a macro, I suggest everyone get into it. But on this podcast, if you you know, are tired, just sitting there for five minutes. Again, if your mind's racing too much, throw on, um, you know, some nature sounds or a five-minute guided meditation. That'll help direct your brain away from trying to solve all the world's problems or think of all the world's uh, issues or all your work problems or like what you need to get done. Give yourself five minutes for you, knowing that you're going to come out of it a little better. You're going to come out of it a little rested. So then you can go tackle you know, the problems in a bit more of a clear, a clear mind. And if you can, I would suggest laying down five, 10 minutes. It's going to help your body get that rest, especially probably, again, all of us are sitting too much. Uh, So lying down uh, just gives your body a different position, uh, you know, changes up the strain on the muscles. 
Uh, and yeah, beautiful hack. Like I, I love napping. And I'm going to give everyone uh, one more amazing, amazing practical uh, avenue to do a nap. And these are called coffee naps. So again, this is all science-backed. There's a lot of studies out there showing that the restful effects or the, the effects post-nap, having a coffee nap outperforms a nap, outperforms a coffee, and outperforms having a nap and then drinking a cup of coffee. The combination of the two has a synergistic effect where it compounds better than either of those three. So coffee naps are better than naps alone, are better than having a coffee, and are better than having a nap then followed by a coffee. So I'm going to tell you what a coffee nap is. Super simple, easy to execute on. Essentially what you're doing is you're drinking a, a whole cup if you can. Uh, often it's better to do with some uh, concentrated form. So typically like an espresso shot uh, would be better or get like an Americano. Um, but obviously the less liquids the better because you're going to drink it in a very short period of time. So essentially you're going to drink your coffee Super, like, not super quick, <laughs> but, like, you're not going to nurse it either. You're not going to, like, let's say five minutes. Try to drink your coffee in five minutes. So however you need to do that. Um, I have an AeroPress, so that's what I'll typically do, which uh, is just a device that, that produces kind of, think of halfway between an espresso shot and a, an Americano or a cup of coffee. So it's like a little bit more concentrated, more water than an espresso, but less water than a full cup of coffee. Or just like, you know, if you have a coffee pot, just brew, you know, half a cup of a strong coffee, something like that. Or if you can't do any of that, just have a cup of coffee, uh, but make sure it's not too much liquid so that you can drink it in five minutes. Okay, we got that figured out? Perfect. So you're going to drink all of your coffee, and then you're going to proceed to have your nap. This is where I typically do a 15 to 22 minute. Um, set your alarm. Uh, and then again, for those who don't sleep well or don't fall asleep quickly, just laying there still with your eyes closed will have benefits, will have positive benefits. So you're not going to miss out if you don't fall asleep during this. Uh, for those of you like me who have trained yourself uh, to fall asleep quickly, it's great. So what happens is you drink your whole cup of coffee and then you go have your nap. So what happens as you're napping is the body is then digesting and absorbing that caffeine. So by the time your alarm goes off and you wake up, that caffeine is starting to actually have the, you know, the caffeine effect that all of us are used to on your body. What this typically does is it helps either fully eliminate or greatly reduce that little bit of five to 10 minutes of twilight. And you wake up already kind of in that caffeine high. Because what's happened is as you've napped, your body's been able to clear some of that uh, tiredness, you know, makes you feel restored. And then what caffeine does, uh, to not go deep into the science, but essentially it's not a real energy. It's not giving you energy. What it allows you to do is kind of upcycle uh, the energy that's within you, uh, which is why 
you know, a lot of us have experienced, you know, sometimes you try to drink more coffee in the day. Maybe it's like your fourth, fifth, or sixth, depending on your tolerance. Uh, and it's just not having an effect anymore. It's because the coffee, the caffeine isn't really like giving you energy. It's helping you recycle energy, if that makes sense. It's not quite that. So anyone who's a science nerd out there, forgive me. I'm just trying to break it down in layman's terms. That's essentially what it is. So why it's great with a coffee nap is your body kind of gets more energy, big air quotes, and then the caffeine kicks in and helps recycle that energy better. And so you wake up and you're kind of like good to go. And so that's why uh, typically... I don't do coffee naps right now just because I find um, they take a little bit more care and attention to set up, but they're great. Like if I, again, if I know I'm only going to have like so much time and I need to be kind of like on it as soon as I wake up, like if I'm napping before I need to go somewhere, tip, like I have a, I have a home office, so Typically, I don't I don't have a lot of places to be, um, but if I have to go somewhere and I need a nap, that's usually when I'll do more of something like a coffee nap because I need to be awake when I wake up because I need to, you know, go drive, be fully conscious, uh, and then I need to go to my whatever meeting, uh, and I want to be fully charged. And then, I, typically, I don't need to get a coffee because I literally just consumed one. Uh, so that's what that's great for. Uh, again, it could be a good... Uh, at the office, right? If like, if you have access to caffeine and you can just go take a 10 minute, you know, sit in your office chair, close your eyes, uh, this might be good for you because by the time you're kind of opening your eyes after that possibly 10 or 15 minute nap or 10 to 15 minute guided meditation, you know, the caffeine starting to have an effect kick in uh, and then you can kind of get back to it, get back to what you need to, you know, do. Uh, and so that's kind of napping uh, in its whole form and in all the tools and tactics you can use. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I really suggest it. I, I benefit huge, 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 huge from napping all the time. Like uh, I probably have a few naps a week, maybe, I would think, uh, depending on you know, where I'm at with my daily cycles and how much I'm sleeping at night kind of determines my, my day, my day to day naps. Um, so yeah, I really hope you guys, uh, got some good nuggets out of that. And, and especially if you've never heard about short naps or coffee naps, uh, give it a shot, give it an experiment. Um, and if it's great and you enjoy it, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to hear that because, you know, it's great anytime I can share some knowledge, um, that, you know, you guys can benefit from. So as always, I super appreciate your ears and for listening in. Uh, and until next time, I hope you have a great and a fantastic week. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.